Okay, everybody, welcome back to another Lakuta Myron Shear. I'm Shia Sussman. This, I believe, is our 26th Shear inside learning Torah's Rabbeinu, the Torah Rabbi Nachman, Torah's Eponymius, Torah's Hanister. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the classes are on the Breslov Research Institute YouTube channel and website, as well as on my SoundCloud. You can find it Nach Daily at the SoundCloud or Shai Sussman for further classes. So tonight I wanted to learn with everybody a, a little bit, a small snippet from a Reb Nussin in Lakuta Alachas, and I have the screen share, we'll pull it up. And a, uh, I wanted to continue also in the theme of Eretz Yisrael, because now we're doing, we're in the middle of the three weeks, and the previous Torahs that we were learning, these last months of Shiyorim have all been on the top of the Eretz Yisrael. It's a topic that's very close to my heart, and a, uh, you know, Eretz Yisrael is really a, one of the essential themes in the Torah. As many of you know, I give a Nach daily class, and Baruch Hashem, we're in Sefer Ezra now. We're ending the end of Ksuvim. We've done every parak of Nach in five minutes or less, starting from Yeshua, all the way through Malachi. Then we did Ksuvim, every parak of the Hill of Mishle, Yiv. We've done it all. And oh, there's one main theme that runs through the entire Tanakh. It could be said that the entire Tanakh is about Eretz Yisrael, which means most of Tanakh is the Jews are, right? Moshe wants to go to the land. The Torah ends. He can't go into the land. Yeshua picks up. He's bringing us into the land, right? The Yeshua conquers most of the land, not the entire land. And then it comes Shoftim. They're on the land. They're off the land. And then all the Nevi'ah, Machronim, Yeshai, Yechezkel, Yirmia, you know, the Treyasar. The Jews are sinning. You're going to get thrown off the land. You're doing good. You're going to get back on the land. And the Ten Shvatim get exiled. They're off the land. Yirmiya goes and gets them, tells them to come back. They're back on the land. And, uh, you know, come out, the entire Tanakh could be summed up as you're on the land, you're off the land, you're back on the land, you know? So you see that Eretz Yisrael is one of the, is one of the main themes uh, in our religion, in Yiddishkeit. And uh, as we daven three times a day, right? Hashem should open up our eyes to see Tzion. So... It's really an incredible thing. And again, being that Tisha B'Av is right around the corner and we're during the three weeks, what better time to strengthen our Muna in Eretz Yisrael, our Muna in the land, to have longings and desires uh, to go to Eretz Yisrael, visit Eretz Yisrael, and connect to the Avira Zach the clean, fresh air of Eretz Yisrael. That's Machkima that makes a person a little bit wiser. And they... Uh, so we're going to see tonight from Rav Nussin, and we're also going to open with a piece from Rav Cook in Orot that he talks about it. And uh, the main theme in this year is going to be about the land of desire, about how we have to have the Indian of having gagulim, the Indian of having longing, the Indian of just pure rutzon of desire of being an Eretz Yisrael. And uh, we're also going to touch a little bit on the Meraglim, Rav Nassim ties it together because we know around this time, right? Tishabov, the Chazal say, you cried for nothing, right? Uh, about going into the land. So I'm going to give you something to cry about for future generations. And we know that Tishabov happened on the day of the Miraglim. And we're going to get into a little bit about what their sin was, at least according to 
how Rav Nassim explains it in one area in Lekut HaLachas. So I have all the screen shares because I know we're learning mostly from Lekut HaLachas today. So I have the screen shares and I guess we'll just jump right into this exciting topic. Okay, let me pull up the screen share. Okay, first I wanted to start with a piece from Rav Cook in Orot that uh, is exactly the same as we're going to see from Rav Nassim. So it's an incredible piece. I have, uh, you guys could see the screen share. Give me the head nods. Head nods, you could see it. Okay, this is Orot, Eretz Yisrael, uh, letter Dalid. That's what we're starting with. And we'll just jump in. E.F. Sharla Adam Yisrael, Shia Masur, Vene'eman, Lemachshavosov, Vehegyanosov. It's impossible for a person to be dedicated and reliant and have trustworthy, rely on his thoughts and his feelings, Ra'ayanosov, Vidimyosov, his uh, ideas and his uh, imaginations, uh, his, his creativity, in diaspora, outside of Eretz Yisrael. It's impossible for a person to be so reliant on their thoughts, feelings, ideas, and perceptions in Chutz La'aretz. Like a person can rely and trust their perceptions as they could in Eretz Yisrael. Hofas HaKodesh, the appearance of holiness, the Ezim Shehen, in whatever level they're found in, it's clean, right? The appearance of holiness is clean in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael. And in the diaspora, in Chutz Laaretz, uh, the appearance of holiness and Kadosh is, uh, is intermingled with klipos merubim, with soles, with different false ideas. Amnon, lefi goldel, and this is really what I want to highlight over here. Amnon, lefi goldel hachuka vehakasher shal adam However, according to the great longing and desire and connection that a person has to Eretz Yisrael, harei ra'yanosav nuzduchachin miyesod avira de Eretz Yisrael, hachofef akol mishametzapel uh, his minds and his perceptions and his ideas, his emotions get clarified and get cleaned from the fresh, clean air of Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, that every person desires, that hovers on a person who desires to see it. Like the Pasuk in Yeshaya says, Simchu es Yerushalayim v'gilu kol oveha. That Yerushalayim, you should be happy and rejoice in Yerushalayim and it will be revealed to all that love it. So you see that loving Eretz Yisrael has exact a, uh, that desire to love Eretz Yisrael is what uh, makes it appear. So just to summarize again outside, what does Rav Cook say? That a person's perceptions in Chutz La'aretz, in the diaspora, are very different than a person's perceptions in Eretz Yisrael. That, that we have perceptions here and it's, they're hard to trust and they're hard to rely on, but there's something magical, there's something special about Eretz Yisrael that clarifies our perceptions, that clarifies our minds, and we're able to trust those judgments more. Additionally, and this is really going to be more the main theme of tonight, that even if it, that according to a person's longing and gaguim and desire and ratzon for Eretz Yisrael, that is how much they get from the avira zach the clean, fresh air 
as we know, Chazal say, and Rav Cook is bringing this over here, that the air of Eretz Machkimas makes a person wiser. So you see there's a day that when a person longs and connects and has a tremendous yearning for Eretz Yisrael, even in Chutz Laaretz, even where they are, even if they're not in Eretz Yisrael, but according to a person's longing, that's how much they're able to connect to Eretz Yisrael through their desire, and they're able to uh, benefit from the clean, fresh air of Israel. Obviously, this is a uh, spiritual, it's physical. It means the air of Eretz Yisrael, but there's something about it that's metahir, that cleanses out a person's perceptions uh, of their mind. I even saw once, I, would, I couldn't find it inside, I saw it years ago, but I saw even in the Bir Lakutim, which is one of the Perushim on Lakutim Aran, he asked this question about how was it that Sadiqim were able to attain this. We've been learning in another piece, in one of our previous year, we saw that Rabbi Nachman said it's impossible to be a kosher Jew outside of the land of Israel. So how is it possible, the Bir Lakutim asks, how is it possible uh, for a person to, for any of the Tzaddikim really, to attain their high levels in Chutz La'aretz? How was Rabbi Nachman able to attain his level? How is the Vilna Gon able to attain their level? So he answers exactly what we just learned, that he says that through their longing and through their yearning and through their Ratzon to go to Eretz Yisrael, that was matahir their perceptions, that they were able to draw from the light of Eretz Yisrael, even in Chutz La'aretz, in order uh, to have these clarified perceptions. So it was their desires and their longings and their yearnings uh, to be in Eretz Yisrael, which allowed them to maintain their great levels, even, even in Chutz Laaretz. Okay, we could stop this year here now, guys. We're done. Just joking. There's more. But wait, there's more. Let's go back to the uh, screen share over here. Okay. Now we're going to start Lakutai Lachas. This is from Reb Nassim. Amazing. It's just like a page of Lakutai Lachas, you know, and we see how amazing Reb Nassim was. It's a whole Lakutai Lachas is so many volumes, eight volumes. You know, every page in Lakutai Lachas is, is a gem. So here's Lakutai Lachas or Chaim Hilchas Berchas Hareach. Halacha Hey, Zion, and Aleph. Just before we jump in, a quick word on Lakutai Lachas for those of you who don't know. Uh, Reb Nassim wrote uh, the panemius of every single halacha in Shulchan Aruch. And he wrote the deeper Kabbalistic explanations of everything as he went through Shulchan Aruch. So it's written, or there's three volumes of Archaim. I think there's uh, two on Yeridea. There's two on Choshen Mishpat. There's one on Ibn Ezra. And they're full, thick, nice-sized volumes. And uh, he wrote on every single halacha in Shulchan Aruch, and a discourse could be as long as a page, or it could be the long as 40 or 50 pages. <laughs> and you see, he really incorporates everything. Additionally, he writes how the halacha exactly expresses what Rabbi Nachman was talking about in a specific language, a specific lesson. So it's very common, and I love learning this way also. We've done this in this year before, to learn a lesson in Likud Maran, and then learn to its corresponding Likud HaLachas to get a better idea but you don't have to learn it like that, and you could just learn it really uh, inside straight. Okay, so this is, uh, we're just picking up over here, and I broke it up into paragraphs uh, for the screen share. The main ratzon, the main desire a person is able to get uh, through Eretz Yisrael. 
Hishtokikus in Eretz Yisrael is the main place for illuminating a person's will. In order to have longings and desire to come close to God, like it says, Ratsitzi Hashem Artsecha. I desire, Hashem Artsecha. Hashem has desired our land. So you see, desire and land go together. And also, Chazal say, Shenikra Eretz, why is it called Eretz? Al Shem Haratzon. Eretz is synonymous with desire. Kemosha Amru Rosinu Zachonu Varacha, Lama Nikra Shema Eretz. Why is it called Eretz? Like Chazal say, Shihimiratza Es Peroseha, that its fruits are desired. That's why it's called Eretz. Eretz from the word Rotze, from the word wanting. And therefore, there were several Shvatim tribes that their chalek in their land, their portion in their land, was filled with desire. Naftali like it says by Naftali, he was a, uh, filled with desire. And like it says by one of the other Shvatim, uh, I'm not sure which one that they uh, lived in the Shochni Snat. They live amongst the Snat. So you see, let's just do the screen share over here. Snap. So again, Rabbi Nachman is bringing that the word Eretz itself, Eretz Yisrael, comes from the word Ratzon, comes from word desire. And how does a person have desire? They get desire through Eretz Yisrael. Okay, we'll go back to the share screen. Ki Iker HaRatzon, I'll add one more word on this. Uh, to add one more word on this point over here about Eretz Yisrael and desire, that uh, I was speaking to my wife, Effie, recently, and she was saying, you could check out her. She's on the BRI also, if you want to hear her women shear in Sichus Aran, giving a plug for this year. A, uh, she was saying recently, she was telling me so, that she was speaking to a non-religious Jew, and the person said, like, what do you like about Eretz Yisrael? Like, describe it to me. And she said, this is going to sound crazy to you. Like, I can't really explain it, but the best way I could explain it is magical. You know, like it's a beautiful story because like there's, there's a certain magic. There's a certain, uh, you know, mysticism. There's a certain oomph. There's a certain unique quality that you can't touch it. You can't put your hand on it and say, oh, well, that's it. But there's a certain vacuous. There's a certain connection that everyone feels when they go in this story, she was saying, well, it's magical. I feel a certain level of magic there. And, you know, there's a certain level. Uh, also, there's a certain level of longing that the entire Jewish nation feels for Eretz Yisrael. That, you know, even if they're not religious, people are connected to the Jewish nation in as much as they're connected to the land of Eretz Yisrael, Right when they want nothing to do with Eretz Yisrael, they become less connected. Even if they're not connected to the Torah, they still feel some sort of longing. They feel some sort of connection to Eretz Yisrael. And as much as they're divorced from that connection to Eretz Yisrael, is as much as they have no connection for many, even to the Jewish, people, to the Jewish nation. But Jewish identity nowadays, in, for many, many people, is all about Eretz Yisrael. And it just goes to show that there's a certain deeper panemius arutzo and there's a certain deep longing that they have that connects them to, to the Jewish people through the land, through the land of Eretz Yisrael. And uh, one last point on this point over here is that 
I always think that like the whole world is really obsessed with Eretz Yisrael, right? We know that there's genocide in other countries. We know that they use chemical warfare on Syria in Syria. We know that there's atrocities happening all over the world. But yet a Jew builds a house in Eretz Yisrael and it makes national headlines. <laughs> like what? Like you build a house in a place that's already a Jewish neighborhood and the whole world becomes obsessed with the very fact that you're building a road in, in Israel, right? You see that there's a certain there's a certain magnetism like that the whole world is drawn to Eretz Yisrael on the deepest levels. There are atrocities happening all over the world and the UN, they could care less about them. The only thing that they're, that they're interested in doing is condemning Eretz Yisrael. It's because Eretz Yisrael, Eretz, the land, it's the land which is synonymous with Ratzon, synonymous with desire. So in many ways, the whole world desires for Eretz Yisrael. The whole world, in a deep way, really, really uh, desires to come to Eretz Yisrael. So you see, it, it's, it's a wild thing. You know, we build a house, the whole world goes crazy. Like, who cares? Like, you build a house, like, it really makes a difference, right? But it's subconscious in their minds. They know that it's, a, uh, it's planted there. So would you say that the, B, the people that are, the Jews that are involved with BDS, that's, a, that's also the Koach of Moshe of Eretz Yisrael, that even their mind is still filled with Eretz Yisrael, but just not in the way that, that, that we typically would think would be. Yeah, just to speak that out over here, Tani's commenting and saying that even with BDS, you see that people are against Eretz Yisrael, right? But nevertheless, you see that they're obsessed with Eretz Yisrael, right? They're obs- if, they, cause if they didn't care about it, they just would have no organization against Eretz Yisrael. But deep planted within the subconscious psyche, of seemingly mankind and for sure the Jewish nation, Hashem planted a, a desire for this land, that there's something that goes way beyond the subconscious mind, something spiritual that the whole world is obsessed with the land. There's one land, right? It says by, it says by Avram, Avinu, Vayara es hamakom. You know, he saw the place, right? He's looking for the place, that everyone wants to find the place where is the umbilical cord of creation, which is the Makam Hamigdash, where the divine ideal gets manifest like a pipeline and through this world. You know, the, the, this is a little bit tangential. I think I've may, maybe mentioned this before, that the Ramchal and Sefer Mishkan Elyon, it's an amazing Sefer. You can even buy it in English. It's incredible. They translate this stuff. A, uh, the Ramchal and his Kabbalistic description of the third base Hamigdash based on the Pesukim and Yechezkel that describe the third base Hamigdash the Ramchal writes that the Evan Shasiyah and the Makam Hamigdash is, is the super highway where all divine lights manifest into this world. You have the spiritual lights, you have the spiritual world with many, many roads and many, many lights and intersecting highways and paths. And the way that that gets manifest into this world, it gets manifest through Harabayas, her Eretz Yisrael, and to spread out to the entire, in the entire world. So really Eretz Yisrael, in specific, the Makam Hamigdash, is the uh, information superhighway. It's the umbilical cord of creation where the divine ideal gets manifest in this world for, for everyone. And it goes from there to Yerushalayim, to the other parts of Eretz Yisrael, and out to the world. As Eretz Yisrael is the lave of the world, a, uh, it sends its pulse to the entire creation. So you see, everyone is obsessed. Everyone is obsessed with this because they're drawn towards it. Okay, back inside. Uh, ki Iker, ki 
Because the desire a person, they to come close to God, they get zochet through Eretz Yisrael. Kisham Meir Ubnit notes Elokuso because over there it uh, reverberates and illuminates divinity. Kamosha like Chazal say, Hadar A person who lives in the Holy Land, it's as if they have a God, right? And the inverse, if they live in the diaspora, as if you don't have a God. Because the illuminating of the will, of desire, uh, the concretizing of desire, which is an aspect of the reach tov, a good fragrance. Now, this has to do with Rabbi Nachman's lesson. Rabbi Nachman explains that uh, uh, our neshamas have a reach tov, a good desire, and that, 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 uh, uh, that good scent. And that good scent is where all our life form, a life force is really derived from. Uh, but it's not as relevant to the point over here. And the main uh, scent, a good smelling scent that's amazing, that flickers divinity, for this we long with a strong yearning, with that knows no bounds, who rock the Eretz Yisrael. This flickering of divinity that a person has tremendous longings to come to God, close to God, is only in the Holy Land. Shenikra Eretz Hamoria, that we know it's called the land, Har Hamoria, right? That's what it's called, the mountain of Moria. Al Shem Reach Tov Shel Ketores. That this word Moria, Har Hamoria, comes from the good-smelling fragrance in the incense. That was a moria, like more drawer. This frankincense was a moria. It had a good smelling scent. That Eretz Yisrael provides a good fragrance to the world. The Al Kain, Nichnesu Yisrael Eretz Yisrael Bechila Derech Yericho Daika. And that's why when Yehoshua conquered Eretz Yisrael, the first place they went to was Yericho Daika. Shenikret Yericho Al Shem Reach Hatov that Yericho is connected to the scent, that Eretz Yisrael has a sweet-smelling scent, and that's why the word Yericho is synonymous with Reach, which means smell. Kemosha Amru Rabbah like Chazal say, Kisham Be'eretz Yisrael Iker HaReach HaTov, because in Eretz, like Chazal say, in Israel is the main good fragrance. Bechinas L'Reach Shmonech HaToivim, like it says, the scent of your oil is very good. That this is like the uh, flickering of divinity. It's impossible to speak about this at all. So just to recap, Rabbi Nachman saying that a main desire a person can attain only in Eretz Yisrael, that there's a certain good, good, smell, good smell, there's a good fragrance that is omitted in Eretz Yisrael, and that fragrance uh, is, is, is synonymous, as he's saying, with longing and, and desire that you get, you know, it's like you smell a perfume and it increases your desire, right? A person wears cologne, so it increases someone's desire. They say, oh, that's good smell, and they want to be drawn after it. So too, Reb Nassim is explaining over here that there's a certain smell, there's a certain scent in Eretz Yisrael that creates a desire and a certain longing and a certain 
passion within a person. That's why the first city that Yeshua conquered was Yericho. What does Yericho mean? Reach, a smell, because it was hinting to the good smell of Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Eretz Yisrael is also, the Makam Amigdash is called Har Hamoria. Moria, more drawer, frankincense, the Moria spice, uh, was one of the things in the Ketoris, the incense. And again, it's to talk about the Reach Tov, the good scent that Eretz Yisrael has, that when you smell that perfume, you just want more of it. You, and that creates this desire and this longing within a person. Okay, now we could stop here. All right, we'll continue more. Rav Nassim is incredible. You can't get, you, you got to love Rav Nassim. Okay, back inside. Okay, Vigam B'chutz La'aretz. Now back to our original point. Vigam B'chutz La'aretz. Masha Zoichin L'Pamim Le'eze Hisnoitzin Tzeselukus. Right? This, that a person merits at moments to have a uh, certain feeling of divinity. Shehu B'chinas Re'ach HaTov Kemanda Arach Re'ach. It's like this aspect of the, the uh, sweet smell of the perfume, right? That a person gets a whiff of. And through this desire, through the smelling of the perfume, it uh, brings a person to great passion and desire to Hashem. This also comes from Eretz Yisrael. It's rooted in Eretz Yisrael. That all our holiness comes from the land. And the Jewish nation, through our Torah and our mitzvahs and serving Hashem, we bring the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael also where we are in Chutz Laaretz, right? That's what it says, that like a shul has a Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, right? That we're Mamshich, we draw from the light of Israel. We draw from the Moriah. We draw from the Yericho, the Reach Tov. And we bring that scent of Ganeiden. We bring it, the scent of the Neshama. We bring that even in Chutz Laaretz to where we are. We bring that to Times Square. We bring it to Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. No matter where we go, we do mitzvahs and we draw from the light of Eretz Yisrael and bring that Kedusha there. About Iker. About Iker, Makom Ha'aras Haratzon. But the main place where our desire uh, comes alive, Shehu Bechinas Reach Tov, which is the perfume, that is a uh, the flip the 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 uh, illumination of Hashem. Who be Eretz Yisrael Shasham Beis Hamigdash? That's an Eretz Yisrael where the Beis Hamigdash is the Kalev and its vessels, the Aron and the Aron, the Maluchos, the Kruvim and the Cherubs. Haomdim the Beis Kodesh Kedashim Shasham Iker Shdaykikus. Right, that stand in the Holy of Holies, which is the main longing for. And desire and learning and yearning, the amazing desire that we have between our Father in heaven, that our innards are filled with love for the daughters of Jerusalem. And from there, all desire gets poured out to the world, to every individual. According to how much they connect themselves to Eretz Yisrael is how much of desire and longing they have for God. 
מכל שכן שזוכה לעבור לארץ ישראל, ממש לשם שמיים, ולא בשביל פניוס אחרת כאשר נמצא אח שעוד נושא נרם. And of, and even more so, a person who goes to Eretz Yisrael and is able to live there, and they go l'shem shemayim, and they don't go for alternative reasons; they go for pure reasons. So again, just to just to recap, that a uh, even in chutz laaretz, a person a person is able to draw the light of Eretz Yisrael according to their connection. And when a person does mitzvahs here in chutz laaretz, and when we connect ourselves to Eretz Yisrael by learning the Torah's Hapanimius, Torah's Eretz Yisrael. So then we draw from that Kedush of Eretz Yisrael, we draw to where we are at our station in life. No matter where a person is in life, you know, whether you're in, uh, as I mentioned before, San Francisco, or you're in uh, the village, or you're in LA, or you're in Times Square, or you're in far off places, you're in Madagascar, or you're in Papua New Guinea, or you're in uh, the Ivory Coast, or Cote d'Ivoire, no matter where you are in the world, uh, in the most far-off, flung places, a person is able to connect and long for Eretz Yisrael and bring the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael to wherever they are. Because all Kedusha, all holiness in the world is, gets drawn from Eretz Yisrael. And when we connect to Eretz Yisrael, we increase our desire for Eretz Yisrael, that brings us uh, that extra level of Kedusha. Oh, someone posted on the, uh, on the comments over here, Kyrgyzstan. Even in Kyrgyzstan, you could connect to Eretz Yisrael and find Hashem. As we learned in previous lessons, that Hashem sustains the world through the Derech Eretz Yisrael. We learned that in lesson, I believe it was Ayin Ches. There's a few shirim on that. And the path to Eretz Yisrael, a person could connect to God no matter where they are, and bring Eretz Yisrael to where you are. Okay. Back inside. Okay. Aval. Hameniut rabim ve'itsumim me'od me'laval Eretz Yisrael. But there's so many things stopping us from going. As a... I'm going I'm to pause here for a second. Right? He says, Aval meniut rabim. Now, I want to talk about this word meniut. You, you only really find it in restless farm. It's like a restless word, like, ah, menius. You know, miniut comes from the, from the word monea, which means to prevent. That there are different things that prevent us. They could be, uh, they could be financial reasons. They could be uh, a, uh, emotional reasons. They could be physical reasons. There could be uh, mental, emotional, spiritual reasons, logistical reasons. There are all different sorts of miniyas. Like this year, when it comes to uman, Rosh Hashanah, there's a lot of Manias because it seems like it's closed for Eretz Yisrael. And uh, we're wondering about here, us in Chutz Laaretz, maybe we'll be able to make it in. I think you have to get a special work visa, it could be. You pay before and you get a work visa, Ukrainians will let you in. Not sure what's going to be with Uman. So there's always, when it comes to a very, very high level of Kedusha, as Rabbi Anach been taught, there's always going to be a counterforce. There's always going to be Miniyut, things preventing you. But as I once heard, you have to take the Miniyut and you have to make them Ni'imut. You have to take the minias, the things that are preventing you in life in any area of Kedusha. You have to flip them around and you have to make them ni'imut. You have to make them sweet. You have to stay strong, hold in there, don't throw in the towel, and uh, break through. Hold on, let me go back to the share screen over here. Okay. But the thing stopping us from going are a lot. 
but through strength of will, and desire, a person can rise above. And certainly a person has very strong desires. Because right away, when you think about Eretz Yisrael, you draw from that light. And through the thing stopping you, a person increases their desire. That Hashem sends a person difficulties in life in order, and this is a theme that Rabbi Nachman develops in many places, that the reason why Hashem sends a person difficulties in life is not to knock a person down. But this way, a person strengthens their desire. That every hurdle a person has and every obstacle get, gets thrown in your way towards the finish line. A person's supposed to use those obstacles to strengthen their rutzon, to strengthen their desire. So therefore, Hashem sends a person uh, different things in order for them, uh, different obstacles in life in order to increase their desire. And when a person works over years and years and years, increasing their desire, then they'll be zolcha, they'll merit to break through. And this is what we find by Avram Avinu. What does it say? It says, by Avram Avinu, lech lecha ma'artzicha in the land that I will show you. So Rashi says, right on the spot on that Pasuk, why didn't Hashem show him Eretz Yisrael? And he says, the Eretz Asher Arecha, in the land that I will show you. Just, show, just, tell, just, just tell me, go to Eretz Yisrael. Why, why I have to show, it has to be this whole inside out process of Hashem illuminating Abraham in order for him to find the land. So Rashi says on the spot, the reason why Hashem didn't show him the land is Kadei Mechavav Be'enav. This way it should be more desirable. It should be more precious. That Hashem kept sending Avram Avinu uh, obstacles and didn't show him it right away in order to create more of a longing, in order to create more of a yearning in front of Avram. So therefore Hashem sends us obstacles and difficulties in life in order for us to increase our desire, not back down, and stay strong. Now a uh, Rabbi Nachman is going to now tie this together uh, with the Maraglam. So we're going to take a turn over here and we're going to talk about what exactly was the sin of, sin of the Maraglam, which is appropriate for now because, again, like we mentioned in the beginning of this year, that they, uh, uh, this is the time where Tisha B'Av happened that it was because of the Chet of the Maraglam. And the Maraglam, they uh, blemished this. Because they said that the things, the barriers, are greater than desire. The Alkain Amru Tahila Shevach Erichisrael. And therefore, in the beginning, they said good things about Erichisrael. The Gam Zavat Chalav Udvash, he Vizep Piria. They said it's a land of milk and honey, right? And they uh, and these are its fruits. The Acharkach Saimu Behamenius, Ha'atsumim Labolisham. But what, how did they end? They talked about the difficulties there that were a lot when they came. Because they said, we're like nothing. And it's way too big. And Amalek sits there. They said the opposite. That this is the fruit. This period, this fruit, teaches us on the main 
uh, desire that was illuminating at that time. Because of all the fruit and all the desires in this world, it is garbed, it is enclosed in avas elyonos, in upper lofty loves, kedusha, and very high desires. But we need to elevate them and find and see past the uh, superficialness of it. Therefore, the fruits of the land of Israel that were so amazing and big, right? That teaches us about the amazing desire that was illuminating at that time. Therefore, therefore, the Torah gives praise to the Peros. They say it's a land of wheat and barley, and uh, grapes. Because all this teaches us about the uh, desire that was uh, illuminating at that time. So what he's saying is, is that really the world, the hate of the Maraglim was, is they thought the barriers to enter Eretz Yisrael were greater than the desire. That they thought that Hashem sends a person obstacles to knock them off kilter, not in order to increase their desire. But as, as Rav Nassim is explaining, there's Avis El Yonim and there's Avis Tachtonim, which means that there's high level love and there's low level love, right? There's high level desires and there's low level desires. But in everything in this world manifests the Ratzon and the will of God. But they didn't understand that, so they backed down. So these fruits were swollen with love. They were swollen with passion. They were swollen with the juices of Eretz Yisrael and the Maraglim at that time, they were supposed to see beyond that and connect and say, wow, these fruits, these are amazing. It must be they're rooted in something so much more higher. It must be they're rooted in so much desire and such a lofty thing. And therefore, they were supposed to see that. And that would have been like the Reach Tov, this perfume in order to increase their desire. But instead, they saw the opposite. What they say? They said these fruits are swollen. Must means it's not good. Who wants swollen, swollen fruits? You want swollen fruits? No one wants swollen fruits. Swollen fruits, right? No one wants. Try saying that ten times fast. No one wants swollen fruits, right? Or fruits that are not perfectly ripe. So they were supposed to look past that and see that these fruits were rooted in the Olamos Elyonim, in the higher worlds, and that was supposed to increase their desire in order to enter into Eretz Yisrael. The al King. Uh, we'll just read a little bit more. The al King. Mekusher Yafeh Masha Amru Vizeh Pirya Efes Ki Azaam. And this is what it says, that this Fruits are like nothing, and they're because sh- the nation is strong. They were saying that these fruits are amazingly uh, are amazing. Efes ki azaam. No, they're not. They're not amazing, right? The nation that we're up against is very strong. That the things preventing. They said, yeah, these fruits are good. Yeah, these are good fruits, but ki azaam. But the nations we're up against, they're much stronger. They're much stronger than desire. Well, our desire alone is not going to be the thing 
in order to break, to break the strong nation. Look, you, you have a physically strong nation. You have Malachi there. Well, you're going to be able to break through? Of course not. Do you think desire? It's not practical, right? And this is, was their mistake. They denied desires and rutzons ability in order to break through the barriers. And they said the opposite of the truth. They said, we have no hope. The other nation is strong. That the the uh, things preventing us are so strong until it's impossible for us to enter. We have no ability in order to, to uh, break through with desire alone. And therefore, their error was great and it is and it caused the destruction of the first and second temples. Because the entire Beis HaMikdash sustains the holiness of uh, the Jewish nation. Through a holy desire. Because in the Beis HaMikdash, it had all the great smells, the perfumes, and the korbanos that would go up to God. Like it says, like it says, it was it was because of your desire you served me and brought me carbonos. Because it was a pleasant desire to Hashem. So again, I know that was a mouthful to read inside, but they, uh, what he's saying is just again to recap and speak out this point that the whole chet of the maranglam was, you know, a person looks at the world and they say, that's not practical. What are you going to do? You got to be practical. Tachlis, tachlis, practical, right? And what does Rabbi Nachman say? If you want to be practical, strengthen your desire. <laughs> strengthen your longing, longings. Strengthen your hope. Strengthen your ritonos, right? And then you'll see you'll break through, right? The main way to break through an obstacle is through desire. So, you know, people think, like, say, oh, what'd you do today? Oh, I didn't do anything. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I mean, people say, well, what'd you do today? Oh, I worked on strengthening my desire. That means you didn't accomplish anything, right? Rabbi Nachman is saying, no, it's the opposite, right? What'd you do today? I worked on, on cultivating my desire, right? Oh, that's called accomplishing. That's called you accomplished something today. You did something, right? It's a panemius goal. It's an, intern, it's an internal goal, right? And this is what he's saying, that the Maranglam, they looked at the world, and in specific Eretz Yisrael, they looked at it and said, Tachlis, what are you going to do? It doesn't make any sense. There's a strong nation there. There's Amaleki. There's this, there's that. We can never, Ephes Tikva, we have no hope. We can't go ahead and conquer the land. Okay, yeah, we want to go. We have desire, but well, come on. They're military. They have a strong military. We don't have a strong military. So how in the world are we going to head? How in the world are we going to settle in Eretz Yisrael? Right? Okay, yeah, we want to go. But it's impossible. Right? So what they do? They thought that, that a, uh, their desire was not enough to break through. 
And Rabbi Nachman is saying precisely when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, and certainly this is in all areas of life as well, that the more a person cultivates their desire, one, that's considered accomplishing, and two, that allows a person in order to break through the barriers. And the whole reason why Hashem sends you minyut, barriers and obstacles, whether they're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, logistical, whatever there is, is for a person in order to strengthen their desire, not to back down and give in, but to work on cultivating your rutzel. So when a person throws in the towel and they say, well, there's no point in hope, right? There's no point in kisufim, in longing. Uh, so what happens is, is they, they wind up giving up, right? You wind up giving up. And really what Rabbi Nachman is saying that Hashem sends a person difficulties in life in order for them to strengthen their desire, in order to increase your raton, in order to increase your hope and your longing. And then after many, many years and moments and times of increasing your desire, as we say, I, uh, I don't actually believe this is a chazal, but we say it anyways. Maybe it is a chazal. Someone can, leave. Someone can let me know if it is a chazal. I don't know, but Nothing stands in front of, in front of a person's ratzon, a person's will. And here, when it came to Eretz Yisrael, they, they backed down. They backed down, you know? And this limut about desire, it's so, it's so important, you know, because we do all sorts of things. People do all sorts of things in life to really squalish their desire. And really... You know, I'll just, I'll just pick one example. You know, people do drugs and things like that, you know, and people or they get into addictions and, you know, Hashem sends us things in order, uh, difficult, uh, right? So a person has difficulty in life and they want to change their feeling and they want to feel good and they want to escape whatever it is. So what do they do? So a person, you know, they start doing drugs or whatever it is or drinking alcohol. Uh, excessively, right? There's a difference between use and abuse. They start abusing it, whatever it is. And, and then they feel comforted from that, at least in the moment. A, uh, but what they don't realize is, is that Hashem send a person difficulty in life in order for you to decrease, increase your desire to come close to Him, in order to, for you to work on cultivating your ratzon. So what happens is a person has a difficulty in life and then they say, oh, I can't handle this, I'm out. And they go drinking or they go smoking or they do whatever, partying, whatever it is that they're doing. And it really undermines in a certain way the system that Hashem set in place. Hashem sent you a difficulty in order for you to increase your desire and your zone to come to a better place of mental health, to come to a better accomplishing in life in order to get ahead and tackle your issues. But instead, a person sees the outside world as a sign for them to say, I'm no longer wanted anymore, and therefore, I need to go ahead and default. So instead of increasing their desire, which was the whole purpose of the trials and the tribulations and the many difficulties that people face in their life, what does a person do? They wind up squalishing their desire and subliminating their desire and not increasing their desire. Uh, so in a certain way, it undermines the whole system at play. And this is essentially what they're saying when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, that the whole chet of the Maraglam was is that they were supposed to, what they saw in front of them, that was supposed to in, enhance their desire and longing and passion 
for Eretz Yisrael. But what did it do instead? It knocked them off their seat and they said, forget it. We're out of here. We're not going to do it. So when a person has difficulty in life, it's important that a person needs to see that as a sign in order to cultivate their desire for hope in order to have uh, better lives for themselves or to tackle whatever issues that they're struggling with or to come to a better mental health and better state. Not to subliminate your desire by, by uh, overeating or emotional eating, you know, stuffing your face or smoking or doing drugs or doing things that, uh, that uh, again, squalish your desire instead of creasing your desire. Because the more a person works on cultivating their desire, as Rabbi Nachman is teaching, then they're going to break through, right? Even if they fall a million times, even if you fell to the bottom of the bottom, right? Even if you fall to the pit of hell, a person works on cultivating their desire from wherever they are in life, and then they're able to break through. Then they're able to break through. Now we'll just do the last little bit over here. Do the last little bit just to top off the piece. The Iker Hatikun Hayda Haya Al Yide Yoshua the Kalev, and the main fixing is through Yeshua and Kalev. Shaminu Ledivre Moshe Shiesh Koach Baharatsum Bachesheli is Gabra Manias. Right? That they believed in Moshe that through desire a person can come beat the difficulties. The Afal P Shaminius Mishtachim the Od Maod Ad Shadin Mashiav Shabashum Oifin the Shavram Afal P Kain Srikim the Chazak Baratsum. Right, and then through even though the barriers outside a person seem a lot through desire alone. So you see, Kalev and Pinchas, they were the ones who connected to the tzaddik Moshe, and they believed Moshe's words, and they believed in the power of desire. They believed in the power of ratzon, and certainly during the three weeks, as a uh, this was our topic tonight. Certainly, certainly during the three weeks, this is a time to look at the areas of our life and take introspection and see where we're backing down and where can we cultivate desire and say, trust in Hashem's chesed chinam and trust in Hashem that, that through cultivating desire, we're able to draw from the light of Eretz Yisrael, bring Kedusha to the far-flung place that we find ourselves in life, no matter where we are. And that that far-flung place doesn't have to be a physical place. It could certainly be an emotional place that a person feels like they're in the pits and depressed and anxious and worried and feeling hopeless, right? But through connecting to Eretz Yisrael, through increasing desire, little by little by little, like water on a rock, a, uh, it will penetrate our lave of Evan into a basar lave, our heart of flesh. And we're able to draw from the clean air of Eretz Yisrael to get insight to get cleaner perceptions, and to really, really, ultimately, the purpose of it all is to come close to God with the base Hamigdash in our days. Okay, that's the end, everybody. And, uh, any comments, questions, letter to the editors? Yes. Can you hear me? I could hear you perfectly. Take it away. Awesome. I just wanted to tell you, and it, it uh, reminded me of something. My, my grandfather, when he passed away, he passed away in the summer, end of the summer, like August. The last thing I heard from him of Advaitara before he went unconscious for the last time was this time of the year. And he was talking about the Maraglam. Can you, said, can you put, can I interrupt you? Can you state who your grandfather was? Because people are going to listen to this, if you don't mind. 
Uh, yeah. If you he do mind, a... if you do mind, I won't push you. We can leave it. It's okay. It's okay. okay. He was he was a big rabbi. Let's just put it that. So let's just say. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, so he he asked the doctor that was in the hospital. He was a from doctor, and he asked him. I think in Devarim sometimes it talks about the Maragam. I know in Shlach it talks about the Maragam, but somewhere later in Devarim as well. It was that time of year. Anyway. So he asked them that if you look in the parsha, you look at the Maraglim, when they reported it back, they said some really nice things about Eretz Yisrael. And then afterwards, they said, but, you know, they're too difficult to overcome, and that was that. He said that if you look at what, what, Kalev, uh, what Yeshua and Kalev said, the Pasuk says that they said, I think the, the words are, um, that's all they said. They said that the, the land is a great land. They said, they, they're like extra, like, so he said that the difference, the difference between the Maraglim and the, the Yeshua and Kalev and the rest of the Maraglim was that Yeshua and Kalev, they loved the land. They loved it. It was a gift from Hashem. They loved it. And because they loved it, they were incapable of seeing anything negative about it. That the sin of the Maraglim was that they didn't love the land. It was a gift from Hashem. Yeshua and Kalev, Yeshua and um, Yeshua ben and Kalev, they loved it. That's all they said. They loved it. And he said that when a person loves something, then they're not capable of seeing anything, anything negative about it. They weren't capable. Said, but the point is that they love they love the land, and that's what Hashem wanted. Hashem wanted us to just love the land, not to look at anything else, just love it. And that's just anyway. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. All right. I love Shai and I love you. Wow, I love you too. I love you too. <laughs> love awesome. And maybe we're gonna go to Uman this year. All the Americans have to go because Israelis can't. Oh, so. someone who knows the truth. Americans are able to go and uh, as of now, but it's changing by as the of now. And uh, Binyavan, I'd love to take you. I love I love uh, you know, I'd love to take you. No direct flights I heard, but uh, that's okay. So we'll stop in Moscow. What's the big deal? Okay. It'll be no, cheaper. No. It'll be cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Kagdila. Kagdila Horoshom Mr. I'm going to shut the video off again. I was listening, but now I'm going to shut it off. Perfect. Great seeing you. Anyone else want to add anyone else? Binyamin, it's a pleasure, as always. Anyone else want to add anything? Ellie, Johnny. Great cheer. I was going to say that Jonathan Gottman, who's a famous relationship expert who runs, I believe, many marriage clinics, uh, and he writes extensively on relationships advice. One of the things that he says is that when uh, a couple uh, gets into some type of fight with each other, as couples do over the uh, course of time, that it's important for one uh, for them to turn towards each other instead of turning away from each other. And you see that this is also the idea that you were explaining about how Yisrael and Hashem um, how sometimes they may they may get into it a little bit with each other, and it's important. Uh, to turn towards each other, that you see that uh, the Hashemi uh, sends all different types of uh, minias towards a person, and the person has to turn towards Hashem in order to increase the relationship and not turn away. That's uh, right. And we see that also in our own personal relationships with our spouses and with our friends and, and with our family members. That's important even when there's a tough time, that that's a time for closening. It's not a time for distancing. 
because if the person didn't care and the relationship wasn't important, there would be no, there would be no tough time. The fact that there is any type of friction is because of care and it's because of love and it's a time to strengthen relationships. Beautiful. Shkaya, shkaya. Chazal say, there's a Pasuk, it says, Achor v'kedem yitzartani, front and back I was created, uh, which is a reference to Adam and Chava who were created, they were created as one person, front and back, and eventually, that's what Chazal call in capitalistic terms, Achor ba'achor, back to back, right? That they were, you know, one side, it's like hard to imagine, one side female, one side male, right? It was called Achor ba'achor, back to back. And uh, what the Sifrei Hasidis explained, Rav Nassim explains this in uh, different pieces, that uh, one of our main avoda, it's based on the Arizal, really, one of our main avodas in life is to go, uh, to go from achor ba'achor to panim to panim, right? That Hashem separated Adam and Chava, split them apart, and right, when you're back to back with someone, you don't really have a relationship, you're not facing them. Right. And like you're saying, Tani, uh, from this therapist Gottman, that, that couples that face each other or people in relationships that face each other. So they go to a madrega of punim to punim. Right. And they, uh, it's a very deep Kabbalistic idea that happens on Yom Narayim that uh, the Sadiqim work on this avoda called Nasira, that they take the Chal Yisrael from Acher to Acher to punim to punim. And it has to do with the, uh, the facing, connecting, reattaching the Malchus to the Zeranpin, which is the Malchus is the Jewish nation, and Zeranpin is Hashem, and it has to do with Torah and Tefillah. Rav explains that we're not holding by Yom Narayim yet. We still have a few weeks. Uh, we still have around seven or eight weeks till we get to uh, Elul and Tishrei and the Avod of Nasira. It's something definitely we could talk about, Panim B'Panim, uh, when we get there. So that's, a, that's another exciting topic about relationships, you know, and how that plays out. Shkayach, shkayach. Okay, everyone, shkayach. Yeah.